Karina Neighbour and this is the AV Experience, a podcast brought to you by Optima. Today's guest is the gadget reviewer and digital content creator, John Devo. John works alongside leading technology brands, translating complex technical product information into stunning digital content that speaks to target audiences. John has also helped to launch and currently works with the wildly successful Gadgets Boy. On this episode, we find out what it takes to be a tech and lifestyle content creator, and we'll also learn more about that infamous Tech Radar article John wrote, why Instagram is broken for photographers, and how to fix it. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi John, for anybody who doesn't know, could you please let us know what it is that you do? I am a journalist, first and foremost, I guess, but I started out as a photographer about 18 years ago and somehow over the years merged my writing and my photography to become a, I guess, a content creator more broadly. Yeah, that's it. And can you give us a brief rundown of the events that brought you into the world of content creation and technology journalism? So as I said, I was um, a photographer, first and foremost. I started that when I was in school. I used to dance and sing and people would pay me to to bring my camera to shows that we did and take pictures of them. And I just decided to go with that because it kept paying me. And then I worked in sales for a bit after school. I didn't go to college or anything. And then I went to university because one of my jobs I was doing, my role became quite journalistic. I was working for British Telecom and I was part of the internal communications team. One of the challenges we had was trying to get more people interested in communications and into volunteering. I decided that the best way to get people involved in volunteering was to interview people that had done it and tell their stories. I ended up creating a website for BT called What's Your Story? That whole website, I would speak to, I spoke to the guy who came up with the phrase, it's good to talk, Adrian Hosford, fascinating guy. And he actually worked at BT. And I interviewed loads of their partners and all of the people that, like people that worked there and did volunteering and populated this website with photos and images and stories about these people's you know, experiences with, with volunteering. And it just became... I don't, know, I don't know, I just seemed, I didn't realise it was journalistic. And then when that role was coming up, I was like, maybe I should actually study journalism and, you know, learn a bit more about the craft, learn how to write better. So I got into a course at City University doing journalism and psychology at the same time. So I just did two degree courses on that subject and I don't know, I didn't look back. What did you do after university? Well, my plan was to just go back to BT or into a similar role in comms and just do more of the same. But while I was at university, I got approached by a lady that managed a model that I'd worked with in the past. She had an investor who was looking to start a magazine. They said, we need a photographer to help get off the ground. And they hadn't spoken to anyone else. So I said, well, if you make me creative director of the magazine, I'll, I'll shoot the shots for you. And they were like, we trust your eye. We, you know, we like your, we like your creativity. So yeah, sure. If you want to jump on board, uh, jump on board. So I ended up creating a magazine while I was in my second year of a journalism degree. We were on shelves at WH Smith's, Tesco's, all over the country uh, within three months, which was insane. So by the time I left university, I just did that full time for a bit. Uh, yeah, so that was cool. Can you give us an overview of Gadgets Boy? Why and how it began? Yeah, so Gadgets Boy is a website that Tommy created, I think about maybe 12 or 13 years ago now. It was just consumer tech, mostly phone reviews and computer stuff, because Tommy's a bit of a computer geek. He actually studied um, uh, IT 
what was it, computer science or something at university. So he created it as a, a kind of side thing for while he was working. Me and him kept bumping into each other at events while I was running the magazine. And we were like, oh, we should collaborate on something. We should work together. And we became friends over the years anyway. And then in 2017, while we were both kind of in roles where we were doing content, but we weren't doing the kind of content we wanted. He was working for Unilad at the time, I think, as head of technology. He said to me, you know, what, you know, we've been talking about working together for a long time. What would it take to actually start that process if we wanted to, if we wanted to go for it? So I sent him a, a bullet point list on, I think it was on a Sunday or a Monday night, like a bullet point list of things we should do if we want to get it off the ground, whatever we want to take on. And the next day he was like, I've quit my job. <laughs> I was like, okay <laughs> like the bullet points kind of been that convincing but he was obviously ready to take another another step in his career so he quit his job and then like a week later i left my job and we just started doing it um like worked we were talking about doing something new but i just thought gadgets boys already there it's already established we've got a youtube channel and a twitter handle everything's there so we just focused on gadgets boy what is one of your favorite projects you have worked on or are working on um, hmm. I think one of my favorite things that we've done as Gadgets Boy was um, our mini adventure. I don't know if you've seen that video, but um, it's, it's on the YouTube channel. But we basically mini gave us uh, one of their cars to take away and do an adventure for two days. And so we drove up to the countryside. We we did some biking in the hills and did some hiking as well. And then we went to a llama farm. No, it was an alpaca farm, sorry, an alpaca farm. And it was just a lovely kind of two-day-out excursion with, you know, my friend doing some brand partnership work, which was, was just super fun. It's the kind of thing where you, you think we're being paid to just go on an adventure and capture the content. And it's just, you know, I get to do it with someone who's actually a friend of mine. And we're just taking pictures and exploring, and I love it. What is the vision for Gadgets Boy? So for the two of us, we, we're quite interested in doing what we do now, just on a larger platform. So we'd love to do, like we do guest bits on radio and TV, talking about consumer technology and a lot more about cars as well. Tommy's now working for Electrify.com and doing video reviews for them as well. So we're just looking to spread the, I guess, the reach and the impact of the platform, hopefully onto some kind of TV or show format eventually. And, you know, radio, like I said, would be another great thing to have. Have you always been a freelancer? And is it a daunting experience? Do you know what it is? When I think about the whole freelancing thing, I've, I've never thought of myself as a freelancer, but I guess in many ways I do work for myself. But that's... I'm not looking for work as such. I'm in a really fortunate position where I've been doing what I do for so long, you know, four big companies and made a network of, of people who know my work and know my work ethic. I don't have to go out pitching as much. I just, I rely on the fact that people are always asking for me to do stuff and to shoot stuff and to collaborate on projects. So for me, it isn't that daunting, but I think that's because I've been doing it for so long and I started at a young age and I just stuck with it. You know, I made, I've been very broke and I've been through times where I didn't know what was happening next month and I'm you know, gonna have to sell my shoes or something to make money. But I've, I, I think at this point in my career and for the last maybe five or six years, it's been quite consistently uh, positive so I haven't I don't I can see why it's daunting for people who don't do it but I think if you put in the groundwork and you know you do we had it we me and Tommy both had side jobs we worked at car phone warehouse and three mobile you know we did regular jobs while we built what we're doing now I think a lot of people aren't maybe aren't willing to do that but I think that's what it takes 
you know you have to work all hours that you're sent and you know in your own time build what you're you're hoping to move on to do you have any advice for anybody looking to break into the industry well we get asked a lot how do we how do you get into it or how do you you know how do you start working with brands like mini and audi and all the brands that we work with and i think the thing i would always say is just get started don't wait for permission like i started a blog when I was at uni and Tommy started Gadgets Boy when he was working and we just did it that we weren't making any money from it but we were passionate about the stuff we were talking about which is technology we love tech and we would be doing it even if it wasn't a job so we just got on with it and built an audience organically through sharing what we were doing and reviewing stuff that we knew about and writing news stories about stuff that we we cared about and I think just doing it as if it was a job is what turns it into a job. What do you think it really takes to succeed at it? I think, well, it looks easy from the outside, right? Because <laughs> all people see is the end product. And I think what they don't see is the fact that, you know, to get the magazine off the ground while studying at university, I was working 18 to 20 hours a day consistently. So I was sleeping maybe three hours a night you know, showering, eating while doing my work and studying. And it was, you know, six to six months to a year of doing that is what helped get it off the ground. And it's, I think it's that, that launch phase that no one sees where there's no content being shared. There's no fancy videos or partnerships being put on social media. The stuff that people don't see, that's the misconception. They think that suddenly I have 15,000 followers and suddenly I'm doing partnerships with all of these brands that that took you know, like I said, I've been doing this for 18 years. So it took a solid 15 years at least for this work to be, to be coming to me consistently. Do you ever have to deal with pushback about how hard you work? Yeah, my family think I'm crazy. <laughs> but, um, and also my grandma didn't believe I had a real job until I did, um, I remember I shot a campaign for Very, uh, Very.co.uk with Carol Vorderman. And my grandma was like, oh, I know her. And then that was when she believed I had a real job. <laughs> Now, a lot of the content that you create is then pushed out via social media channels. Do you think this media is helping or hindering the cause? So you saw that article I wrote for uh, Tech Radar about Instagram. Now, I don't think Instagram as a platform is inherently bad, but what's happened is Facebook has introduced a lot of its algorithms to the platform, which has essentially changed what Instagram is. It's now just an extension of Facebook, which means if you share content that isn't popular on Facebook, or isn't deemed popular by Facebook, then it just won't do as well on the platform as it used to. And I think that's really unfortunate for people who just wanted to share, you know, pictures of their travels and pictures of their artwork. Now you have to post pictures of yourself because it's, it's treated like Facebook and Facebook thinks that people want to see you on your timeline. And your page might not be about you, but now, if, unless you post pictures of you, it just doesn't do as well, which is really unfortunate. I think they should have, well, I mean, they're never going to leave Instagram alone, but they should have left it alone because it was the fastest growing platform on the planet. And now I think TikTok has overtaken it. Does TikTok not share a lot of similarities with Instagram? TikTok is similar, but you don't, TikTok doesn't push content about you. It just pushes content that it thinks will be shareable. So it looks for fun things. It looks for things that, you know, build on their memes that are already popular, which is why it allows you to use search and use tracks that are currently popular on the platform. So it's more just about capitalizing on what's already winning on the platform. 
and you don't have to just post pictures of yourself or videos about yourself, which I think is a different way of sharing content and creating content. But it isn't, it hasn't, they haven't done the same thing to their platform that Facebook has done to Instagram. How has coverage of technology in the media changed over the past 10 years? I think there's been quite a clear shift in the perception of technology because it used to be quite a niche subject, I think. And even gaming, like gaming as an area of technology was quite niche. But what we've seen now over the last maybe 15 to 10 years is technologies become synonymous with lifestyle. You know, as mobile phones have become ubiquitous with everyday life, you know, iPhone and Samsung are household names now. Technology is part of everything we do, whether it's work, whether it's play, whether it's leisure, everything we do revolves around technology in some way. So I think that's how it's changed. Now it's become a major news story when, you know, Bitcoin is now major news. Whereas six, seven years ago, you would never hear that on BBC News. That wouldn't be a news story. What do you think the future holds for social media and content creators in general? Well, what's fascinating to me, actually, when I think about it, is how social media, particularly Facebook and Instagram via extension of Facebook has turned society into marketing tools. We are all individually a marketing wing of all of the brands that we know and love. So I'm an extension of Panasonic and of Audi cars and of Mini and of the phone brands I use and the clothing brands that I wear because I tag them every time I post a picture. And that means that people who like what I like We'll go, oh, I've never seen those shoes before, but John's got them, so I'm going to go out and buy them. And I'm not being, well, I am being paid for that when I do partnership content, but the regular people that use the platform who don't have thousands of followers and who don't have brand partnerships are offering up their time and their, en their energy and creating photo shoots for free. Like the Nike isn't having to pay anyone to do this stuff. People are happily posting up pictures of them in their new trainers all day long. And they don't have to pay anything for it, which is which is fascinating to me. And I don't we never agreed to that as a society, but that is what it is now. So I only see it going more that way. I think they will eventually introduce t tools for creators on the platform to sell their products that they're wearing directly from their Instagram account. You won't have to go to another shop or direct them to a link. People will be able to buy what you're wearing in your pictures straight from your Instagram account. That's what's coming next. What is your biggest hope and your biggest fear for the technology industry in 2021? Um, my biggest hope is that more brands start turning to sustainable options for the products that re they release. That you know, phone brands stop bringing out 10 devices a year. They start focusing on one, one device that really kicks butt and it does everything that we really want. And we don't have to have 20 options of phones to choose from. You know, iPhone really don't need to make four devices every year. They can make a pro model and they can make a consumer model and that would be enough. But I think it's not going to happen because they, they realize, especially Samsung were the first, I think, company to realize it. If you flood the market with options, people only have a choice of buying a Samsung phone, you know, one of 20 Samsung phones and then four iPhones as a competition. So I think greed hopefully would, would, would uh, stop. They'd realize that maybe we should think about the planet and stop putting out endless products, but it'll never happen. Um, so yeah, my biggest fear is that it will continue and we'll keep putting out endless things that are replaceable every year and landfill will just grow. But, you know, it, there is positive signs in the fashion world, at least. And in some ways, I think some of the, the 
tech brands that I've worked with recently have started thinking more about their impact. So for example, I did a review about an audio company called Iris and they created a headphone called the Iris Flow One, I think. And the headphones come in a recycle, recyclable box that is the packaging. There's no plastic packaging involved. There's no plastic wrap around the box. The box, that, the box that it's delivered in is recyclable and that is all there is as packaging. Everything else is the headphone and the headphone case. And I think more brands should be looking at how they can use sustainable methods to package their goods because I think that's one of the biggest impacts that, that we have from all the stuff that we're buying is the packaging. See, I'd love to see more of that. Any exciting news in the pipeline for you or any other projects you're involved with? Uh, well, I'm about to go to Jamaica to shoot a couple of music videos, which is why we had to do this talk today. So I'm excited about that. Um, that's with a friend of mine who's an artist called Mayday Carter. And he's got a feature with an artist called Safari. So that's, that's the most exciting thing for me. It gets to fly again. How can people get in touch with you and find out more about anything you're up to? I guess the best place is either Twitter or Instagram. So on Twitter, I'm John Devo, J-O-N-D-E-V-O. And on Instagram, I am Gadgets John, Gadgets J-O-N. Thank you, John, for sharing your AV experience with us. You've been listening to the AV Experience, brought to you by Optoma. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast or would even like to feature, please visit optoma.com for more details. I'm Karina. This is the AB Experience. Catch you in the ether.